Good morning, Hagerstown Church. It's good to be with you in some form or fashion again here on the Lord's Day. I uh, hope that, uh, that you're well and that you're encouraged. And uh, we'd love to hear from you, to hear what's going on in your life and in your family, and how the Lord is sustaining you and encouraging you through this time, through His Word and through His people. And so I want to encourage you to drop a line to us, reach out to us here on Facebook, and many of you have our uh, contact information, and so I want to encourage you to, to reach out to us in this time. Uh, pastors get lonely too, and, uh, and so we need community as well. well I want, as we have been doing every Sunday, I want to continue to encourage you um, to be considering how you can stir up the brothers and sisters to love and good works. And also how you can be evangelistic in this new normal rhythm that we've been establishing the last few weeks. Um, Pastor Tim and I put together, put together some resources and we made them available to you this past week. And I hope that you've been using those. We've asked you to consider um, praying for uh, your neighbors and for the city leaders. Also reaching out to your, to your neighbors. Uh, maybe sharing some time, some devotional things that you've learned through uh, your time in the Word this week. And I hope that you've considered those. And I just want to put another plug in. Uh, th these are tools to, at your disposal, and they're ways that we can redeem the time that we find ourselves in. And so I want to encourage you in that. As we look at the text this morning, I want to just give you some opening comments here. Uh, it's no coincidence that we come to this portion of Mark uh, during the time of the global pandemic, right? So months ago, as Pastor Tim and I were looking at the uh, preaching calendar and what the Lord would have us to, to feed the, the, uh, the flock here over the course of 2020, we had no idea what we would be encountering as a people. And so I'm sure you, that's not difficult for you to imagine. We're, we don't know the future. However, God does. God wasn't surprised as though we are. And so he knew what we would be facing this morning. He knew the questions that we would be asking. He knew the emotion uh, that we would be struggling to control. And so um, with that, as we enter into our time of the Word this morning, I just want to encourage you uh, to let that encourage you, that truth, that God is sovereign, that He is in control, and that He is not surprised by this, and that even this morning as we come to a text that, that uh, addresses this issue of disease or virus and even fever, um, that God is sovereign over all of these things. And so I hope that you are encouraged this morning. I hope that you realize that even in this text this morning, that God has a word for you, that he wants to encourage you and to grow you uh, through the power of his spirit and the power of his word this morning. And so that's my prayer for you as a pastor. And I hope that, uh, that it comes to fruition this morning. So we're going to be looking in Mark chapter 1, and we'll specifically take a look at verses 29 to 31. So Mark chapter 1, verses 29 to 34. And I invite you to turn with me there. Um, the, the paragraph that we're looking at this morning, the two paragraphs, they continue in the flow of the previous paragraph that we looked at this past week. And so the authority of Jesus is still front and center. It's still on display. It's here at Jesus that we saw last week. He was teaching as one with authority. Um, so he has this power and authority over demons and over the un, unseen, the, the spiritual realm, if you will. So what occurs in verses 29 and following can be just logically assumed. If Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, 
And it just naturally makes sense that that he is the one that that is good news from God and that he has the ability to submit evil spirits to his will. And if he can do that, then it naturally flows again that he has the power over uh, over the, the, the natural realm as well, the seen realm, that which is physical. And so let's read the text. With that in mind, let's read the text together. Starting in verse 29, it says this. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. In 32 it says this, That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. But he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Let's ask the Lord to bless the reading of his word. Father, this is truly our prayer, that you would bless our time together, that while we're gathered in our homes and away from each other, we know that you can still speak to us this morning, that you can still teach us through your word. And so we pray that in a similar way that you would uh, enlighten us to the truths of your word this morning, that your church would be encouraged, that those who are in sin would be corrected, that you would draw your people to yourselves even this morning, that you would be lifted up, and that we would find joy as a result of that. Father, we recognize that Jesus has power and authority over all realms that he has power and authority in our lives over sickness, over disease, over virus, over stroke, over cancer, and that ultimately one day he will eradicate it from the face of the earth. He's able to do that because he has defeated sin and death itself. So we celebrate that this morning, and that while there are days that we languish in, in pain and sickness and in suffering, we know that there is a greater day coming when these things will be removed. So we look to you, Jesus, hoping in that day, asking that you sustain us even now. We ask these things in the name of Jesus and for his glory alone. Amen. So as we look at the text this morning, I'd like to make an initial pass right over it and, and just make a few comments. And then we'll return back and we'll dig in in some, some certain areas. And I actually want to ask a couple questions and then answer them in our time together. And so first, let's make that quick initial pass. So in verses 29 to 31 this morning, we see Jesus heals the mother-in-law of Peter. And one pastor said recently, he said that we know that the Bible is, is true. And one of the ways is because it's just true and honest. And, and uh, who would really actually offer a prayer for their mother-in-law? And this is a, that was kind of a silly joke. And, but what we see in this verses 29 to 31 is that Basically, there's a microcosm of the Christian life. There's a, there's a picture of the Christian life displayed for us here in these few verses. First, Jesus comes to the house of a woman who is sick. And he's told as he gets there about this woman. It's Peter's mother-in-law. And, and Jesus reaches out and he comes to her and he touches her. And immediately she rises. He raises her. 
And that cure that, that Jesus offers to Peter's mother-in-law and, and exacts upon her, it's instantaneous. It's complete. It's not uh, partial. It's not a little bit. You know, she doesn't just, the fever doesn't just break and she lays there and rests and, and has somebody bring her uh, some chicken soup and some tea. No, she actually is completely healed, 100%. She raises up and she begins to serve the needs of her guests, both her sons, their friends, and Jesus. So she rises, she serves, and as I said, this is a picture of a, the, basically of a microcosm of what happens spiritually in the life of a Christian. Jesus visits those that are in need of a quickening, you know, in a bringing to life, and they, they arise to serve him. And here she's laying down as if she was dead. And had it not been for Jesus, she would have been dead. And that's my story. And I hope that that's yours as well, that, that Jesus would raise you to new, new life and that you would begin immediately to serve him. That's what we even begin to see in Peter's life, spiritually speaking. Here he is, he's dead in his sins, he's, he's fishing in the sea, and Jesus comes to him and says, follow me, and if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. P Peter was to follow Jesus, and as he follows Jesus, as he comes to life and follows Jesus, then he would begin to serve Jesus by being a fisher of men, which was the very work of Jesus. That's why he came. So that's the first little part there as we quickly pass through. But let's now turn to verses 32 and 34. It says we, see, we begin to see Jesus healing many who were sick, but he's also delivering many from demon possession. We've already seen Jesus healing, or I'm sorry, not healing people, but delivering people from demon possession. But and it could just now we're adding to this, or Mark is rather adding to this idea of Jesus' authority over all realms of creation and existence by adding that he can heal those who are sick. And so the word is spreading. As those who attend the synagogue service, they disperse and they go home, no doubt that they recount to their loved ones and to their neighbors there on that Sabbath day all that had happened, both that it was exciting and, and strange. Many got the idea that they also would like to hear Jesus' powerful teaching. And they'd like to shake this man's hand or whatever it was the custom in those days. And then they, maybe even some of them began to think, and I know that they did, they began to think, well, I, sister so-and-so or my brother or my sister or my neighbor, they, they, they need to be healed. They're struggling with this physical malady or ailment. And so as soon as the sun sets, they, would, they wait for the sun to set. And they gather up their folks that need healing and they begin to gather there around Jesus, there at the house of Peter. According to Jewish law, the Sabbath was over at sunset there on Saturday, and as people were, as soon as they could get there, they, as soon as the sun set, they, they gathered their things and they, they got there. And so there Jesus heals and he delivers. And what we see now is the, in these two short accounts is that this main idea that, that we need to take away from the text today, and that's this, that only Jesus can truly deliver us from the effects of sin which are disease and ultimately death. So only Jesus can truly deliver us from the effects of sin, which are disease and ultimately death. The effects of sin, which are disease and ultimately death. Last week, Mark showed us that, that only through Jesus' teaching was it possible to experience a lasting transformation and a true deliverance. 
Only through Jesus' teaching was it possible to experience lasting transformation and true deliverance. Well, Jesus taught as one with power and authority. His message was one of deliverance and not of legalism. It actually had the power to deliver folks from their sin. He commanded demons with power and with authority, and they obeyed him. And today, he adds to that list by demonstrating his power and authority over life and health itself. Just imagine, throughout all of history, disease has plagued mankind. And yet, for a short period of time, in the land of Palestine and Israel, specifically even now here in Capernaum, Almost all, as it were, disease is destroyed, decimated, and removed. This is a picture of the kingdom of God breaking into reality. Given our current situation as quarantined individuals, we're, we're hoping to escape the effects of it. And maybe even to diminish how far-reaching COVID-19 actually will go. As we sit quarantined, on the couch, in the basement, working in a cramped space with all of our kids, maybe isolated from our friends. Our minds begin to wander, and there's a few questions, maybe even as you look at this text this morning, that, that naturally come to mind. I'm going to bring those questions to light this morning, and I want to, to, through the text, discover biblical answers to them. So the first question that I want to bring up this morning is this. What is disease? What is disease? That might seem like a silly question, but I think it's helpful for us to start with that. What are we even dealing with? When we talk about COVID-19 and, and many other issues that plague mankind in the area of health, I ask this question, what is disease? Well, according to the Oxford Dictionary, it's a disorder of structure or function in a human animal, or plant, especially one that produces specific signs or symptoms or that affects a specific location and is not simply a direct result of physical injury. So what's the essence of disease? Well, it's an illness or an otherwise, other, other condition which prevents people or animals from achieving their full potential and also giving them adverse effects in regard to their abilities. Disease and illness, it's, it's often that which tends toward death. It can be the path of physical suffering which has killing and demise as its end aim. This is disease. And One, one thing a, a pandemic is capable of reminding us of is that we're all susceptible to disease. We're all susceptible to disease. And we're all susceptible to death. And these two go hand in hand. You see, there's no culture there's no continent, there's no class that can escape death, that can escape disease. Sadly, it's a reality for us all. We, we all experience viruses. We all experience colds. And according to statistics, and I don't mean to be negative here, but these are just the facts. According to statistics, each of us will likely succumb to either heart disease, a stroke, cancer, Alzheimer's, or diabetes. These are the top ones. These pathways, that each different, they all lead to the same point, and that's death. So disease and death, they're, they're closely related and they're seemingly inevitable. 
In fact, they are. The Bible tells us that it's appointed unto man once to die. And how he arrives at death, pick your poison, pick your choice, but it's appointed unto man once to die, and none of us can escape that. So what is disease? It's that which leads to death, ultimately and finally. But in order to, to fully understand disease, if we really want to see what disease truly is, we have to look back at history and where it actually began. And so the second question that I want us to ask and answer this morning is this. Where did disease come from? Where did disease come from? Well, if we work our way back through history, there's not a time where the people of the world are not plagued with disease and death. There's not a point in time, at least not until you reach back far enough back to the Garden of Eden, to the very beginning of history of, man, of the history of mankind. You know, I read something recently in one, of, uh, in one of Dietrich Bonhoeffer's letters. He was a heroic pastor from the 20th century there in Germany during the, the Second World War. He tells a story of his encountering a, a young boy who was truly crestfallen. And as the young boy walks into his office to deliver a, a piece of paper, the, the pastor then just kindly asks, what was the matter? This young boy, he burst into tears on account of his friend, Herr Wolf. He had passed. You see, Herr Wolf, or Mr. Wolf, was his friend. It was a German shepherd. He had been his dear friend. They had spent many, many hours on a daily basis for some time. Early in the morning, late in the afternoon, they would play together, and this would be his companion. But now his friend had died, and this young boy didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to respond. And as that tender pastor reached out to this young child and began to encourage him and to use uh, his theology and, and, and the truths of the Word of God to encourage the young boy. The boy turned back to the pastor and he says, Today I really scolded Adam and Eve. If they had not eaten the apple, her wolf would not have died. If, he had not, if Adam and Eve had not eaten the apple, Mr. Wolf would not have died. Though just a child, this young boy, he knew the source of disease and death. And he had traced it back to an event, an event in the garden. That event included Adam and Eve. You see, there were no diseases in Eden. In that beautiful garden, there were no viruses. There was no coronavirus. There were no colds. There was no cancer. There was no heart disease, no strokes, no Alzheimer's, no diabetes. Doesn't that sound wonderful? None of that existed there. And every Jew that lived in Capernaum in, in that day and age, they knew the connection between the physical suffering of this world and the spiritual fall that Adam plunged the human race into was strong and that it was direct. The physical suffering of this world and the spiritual fall that Adam plunged the human race into, one begat, begat the other. You see, in that moment, when Adam fell and chose sin, he plunged all of mankind into the fall. And sin, when it is finished, when it, when it comes to maturity, what does it bring? Well, it brings death. Even God had warned Adam and Eve there in the garden of what would take place if they were to sin, if they were to choose to disobey his commands. He said, in the day that you eat of it, speaking of the tree, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So this German boy, he knew about death. He knew that it was a result of sin. 
He knew that's where it came from. So far in this first chapter of Mark, there, there's a parallel back in the garden with Adam and Jesus now in the wilderness. You see, in the garden, Adam was tempted and he sinned. Because of the sin in the garden, death passed on to all men. And all of us will eventually yield, succumb to the, to the disease of this world, to death. You see, it entered as a result of the fall. But, but in the wilderness, Jesus also was tempted. No, he wasn't tempted in a garden with, with many things to eat, with many options. No, he was tempted in a wilderness with nothing to eat. And yet he returned from the desert, from the wilderness, victorious. And he grabs some disciples, and he heads for the area of Galilee to preach and to heal. And that's where he is this morning. His victory over temptation, though, it verified his ability to push back the effects of the curse, chiefly death and disease. And so through his temptation, his teaching, and his power over demon and disease, he was demonstrating to all of the people and to us, even this morning, that he is the very, is very God in flesh, come to save us from the fall. This is what he's demonstrating for us. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 and 17, it says, The, the Lord God put man, and took him and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And so sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. And here we find ourselves in the middle, in between sin and death. In between the action, the, the committed work of sinning, and the judgment which is coming, which is inevitable, which is death. Here we are. We're in between the action and the judgment that's coming. This middle period, this space in between, it's, it's full of pain. It's full of sorrow. It's, it's laden with disease and sickness. And listen to me, church. Unless the, the curse is broken, unless the, the curse is broken, there is no good news. There is only more pain and more loss to be realized. And even to the more once we cross over into the great horizon, which is eternity. Time without end. And this is man's plight. Physical disease, physical death, and spiritual death as well. Separation from God for all eternity. Where did disease come from? Well, God promised... Our collective father, Abraham, or I'm sorry, Adam, that sin would result in death. And disease is often the pathway to death. And so in between sin and judgment is where we find ourselves this morning. So where did the coronavirus come from? Why are we plagued with illness and disease? God promised that death would be the result of sin. It's a result of Adam's sin. It's a result of your sin. But is this our plight for all of eternity? Is this the, the end of it all? Is this the last word to experience illness in this life and suffering in the next? Is that what we all have to look forward to? Well, let me ask you 
this or, or mention this third question. We looked at what is disease? We looked at where, where did disease come from? And those two were closely related. But now let's look at the final question, and that's this. Will disease be eradicated? Will disease be eradicated? One of the big questions on everyone's mind uh, this morning is no doubt this. How long is this quarantine going to last? How long will this virus hang around? Will it be three weeks? Will it be four weeks? Will it be eight weeks? Will we be out of our houses by July, September? When, 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 will, this, when will this be over? I can't speak specifically to the coronavirus and its end, in which time I, I don't know. I'm thankful for the healthcare officials that we have and for our leaders in the state and both nationally. I can't tell you the answer to that. Honestly, they can't either. But here's what I do know. That one day, all disease and even death will be no more. This is a promise that we have from the Word of God. Even, even tears, the result of the, the emotional response to pain and suffering and loss, even those will be eradicated. You see, because from this text this morning, we see that Jesus has power over all disease. He has power in his teaching. He has power over demons. He has power over disease. And so in the physical and in the spiritual, Jesus is total power, total authority. So he has the ability to one day completely eradicate disease and illness, but that day is still to come. You see, this is where a lot of people get confused, but Jesus didn't come to earth to heal people physically. That's not why he came. You see, one day death will be no, war, no more, but not now. Jesus' focus here in this chapter and in this advent or in this coming was not to give blind eyes sight. It wasn't to be able to make lame people walk. But what, what did Jesus come to do? What, what, did he, what did he say he came to do? Do you remember? Well, in verse 15 of this very chapter, it says this, that the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is what Jesus came preaching. Not come and be healed. Not here, let me, let me, let me make your one leg the same length as the other. Let me take the, the lower back pain away, or let, 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 me, let me sell you this virus cleanser made of silver. No, this isn't why Jesus came. What's more, in verse, verses, uh, chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yes, Jesus came to serve. But the, the chief way that he came and served was to give his life as a ransom for many. It was for he himself to suffer and succumb to death and to defeat death. Jesus came to preach the gospel, which calls men to repent of their sin, to turn from it and trust in his sacrifice on the cross. So, so many are confused today to think that Jesus came to heal you of all your ailments and so you can go on living your life as, as you please, but that's just not true. It's not and you may ask, well, then why did Jesus heal so many people? Well, that's a great question. It's not one of our three, but maybe it should have been. You see, why did Jesus come and heal so many people? At this point in time, why was he eradicating illness and disease and injury even from Capernaum in these days? Why? Here's why. Physical healing verified Jesus' power and message. Physical healing verified Jesus' power and message. 
could verify it. Jesus said that he was the Son of God. Jesus came preaching that he was the Messiah, that he bore the good news from God himself. He was coming to say, I, I can forgive sin. I can justify you before God. And then he calls them to repent and believe in his sacrifice. And if you trace back the source of disease as we had this morning, you'll see that Jesus removing the effects of sin, it, it, it actually demonstrates his ability to forgive sin and to remove its curse, which is death. You see, Jesus wasn't just in town claiming some outlandish idea and then saying, hey, let me show you a magic trick that's unrelated, that, that will affirm what I just said to be true. No, he's actually demonstrating his ability to do what he said. You see, if Jesus came bringing healing at that time, why didn't he just fully eradicate disease from all of the, from the face of the earth? Why were the New Testament apostles and pastors and church members plagued with illness and disease, chief among them, the apostle Paul? Did he not have enough faith? Did he not receive this, the, the, the message of Jesus and benefit from it? Well, of course that's not true. What we learn from the text this morning is that Jesus truly has the ability to remove the curse of sin, which is death and disease. He can truly remove the curse of sin and how it demonstrates and works itself out in the lives of human beings. I want to remind you that this is early on in the training of the disciples. These guys were to become fishers of men, right? This is the early parts of their training. This is the first time that Mark records them even being around Jesus and his teaching. That, that, that morning in the synagogue and now this afternoon there, uh, he's watching what they're doing. They're at, both at Peter's house and they're outside of Peter's house, not close, not, or not, not, that, not that far away. But what they were beginning to see as a result of Jesus' teaching and delivering was this, that the curse was exhaustive in its reach. They were able to see, it was manifested for them, that the curse of sin in this world was exhaustive in its reach. There wasn't an area of this world that was not cursed. There wasn't a person that, that did not feel the effects. But at the same time, what they were beginning to see is that Jesus' power was inexhaustible. And so the curse of sin was exhaustive, but Jesus's power was inexhaustible. That's what they were beginning to recognize. And as Jesus gave sight to blind, and as he allowed those who were deaf to begin to hear, and those who couldn't walk to begin to walk, and later on as those who literally were dead, and Jesus brings them to life, they were able to see that only Jesus can truly deliver from the effects of sin we see that chiefly in disease and ultimately in death. And so these are the three questions. What is disease? Where did it come from? And will it ever be eradicated? I hope that's been helpful for you this morning as we look at a biblical understanding of disease. But what are we to do as a result of all of this? How are we to act? What action steps should we take? Well, I, I want to point out two action steps for you this morning. And we're going to find them in the text this morning, and we'll end shortly. This will just take a moment. The first one is this. The first action step for you to take is to pray. 
to pray. Look back at this text. There in verse 29, it says, Immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon, Andrew, James, and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. They told him about her. See, these, these brothers and their friends, Peter's wife, their hearts were heavy that day because they knew they had a loved one that had a need. Peter's mother-in-law was sick. So what did they do? Well, they told Jesus about it. Is this not a form? Is this not a, a picture of prayer? Of intercessory prayer? In Luke chapter 4, it's re recording the same story Luke is, and he says they appealed to Jesus on her behalf. It's a type of prayer. They took the needs of others to Jesus. They took their own needs to Jesus. There's so many options today in the area of health care, and there's medicines, and I'm not in any way suggesting that we should ignore uh, guidelines or even the gifts of grace that God has given to us in, in modern medicine. Of course not. But let me ask you this. What is your first reaction? What is your first action step when you come to an issue similar to what Peter and his wife were facing this day? Is it to pray? Is it to, to bring these needs to Jesus? Or is it to take some other action? Of course, there's nothing wrong with, with medicine. But our first action should be to bring it to Jesus. This reminds me of a, of a song that I used to sing at the church that I grew up in. It would ask this question throughout the song. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Are you grieving over joys departed? Do you fear the gathering clouds of sorrow? Are you anxious? What shall be tomorrow? Are you troubled at the thought of dying? For Christ's coming kingdom, are you sighing? The chorus would, 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 would continue to repeat this. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He's a friend that's well known. You've no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. What a, what a beautiful truth that we see in this song this morning. We have a friend in Jesus. And a friend that is capable and a friend that is able and a friend that is full of love. And so in this, the days that we're weary and heavy hearted and we're grieving over joy departed, we're troubled at the thought of dying and we look disease and loss in the face and we say, we'll take this to Jesus. And so my hope for you this morning, church, is that number one, as you re review the truths of disease, but the, the fact that Jesus has power over all disease, that you will, number one, that you'll take your issues and the issues of others to Jesus. The second action step that I want to call you to is this, to share, to share, to share Jesus. You see, here we see that, that, that many there in Capernaum, what did they do? They brought others to Jesus. They shared the message that they heard Jesus to speak. They shared the stories of what Jesus could do. Many needed to be helped. And they didn't know everything about this man, but they did know this. They knew that he had the power to help and that they had a great need. And so they were, they were bringing as soon as they could, as soon as the sun set, they, they put together their, 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 uh, their, their lifts and they began to, to gather their crutches together. Then they began to walk down those streets and dragging and carrying their brothers and sisters, those who were in need, to Jesus. 
Fortunately for us, the, the U.S. ranks at the top of, of the list of countries who were most prepared for this COVID-19 pandemic. So citizens of other countries, they, they, many of them haven't been as privileged and as fortunate as we have. So we, we pray for those in Italy, especially, and many others, but we pray for them to be healed and delivered from this deadly virus. Many of them, they, they lay in their deathbeds around the world, never to walk again to hug a neck of a, of a loved one. This is a sad truth, and it breaks our hearts. Let me ask you this question. Does your heart also break for those who are destined to hell? Does your heart also break for those who are dead in their sins, as the Bible say, and who's, who have the judgment of God upon them even now? Is it burden for those who, who may contract the virus and yet recover to lead a long and healthy life, then only to die in their sins and be ushered into eternal damnation. You see, one's spiritual healing is far more important than their physical. Do you believe that? That one's spiritual healing is far more important than a physical healing. You see, Jesus did not come to eradicate corona, uh, coronavirus or COVID-19, what did he come to do? Something far more important. Something far more necessary. And that's to deliver us from our spiritual damnation, from our spiritual death. You see, our issues are, are more than spiritual. I understand that. But listen, they are no less than spiritual. And every difficulty that we face, it finds its root in the fall. And that is what Jesus came to turn back. That is what Jesus came to undo. And he is doing that even now. So only Jesus, only Jesus can truly deliver us from the effects of sin, which is disease and ultimately death. And so Hagerstown Church, I ask you this morning, as a result of our looking and studying this text together this morning, that you would pray for the lost, tell to Jesus, and that you would share the gospel with them. Hagerstown Church, you are sent.